Hello and welcome to Under the Skin from Luminary. This week I spoke with Michael Pollan. Michael's an American author and journalist and currently the Knight Professor of Science and Environmental Journalism at UC Berkeley. You know him probably because of that clip he done about caffeine on Joe Rogan's show. That was really good. He's written some fantastic books. His latest is This Is Your Mind on Plants. On this chat, right, I, um, what did we talk about in that, the Michael Pollan chat? I thought the bit where he talks about how we think we've domesticated plants, but actually they fooled us. There you go. Check that out. You're going to love it. You're going to love this bit. Trying to achieve equality with the annihilation of category is not no, a successful that, route. Yes, that's, that's, that's exactly right. We're in this era where it turns out we were never the boss. It doesn't look like an ideology. What's beneath the surface of people we admire, of the ideas that define our time, the history we are told? And welcome to Russell Brand. Under the skin. So, yeah, I've written a lot of very critical things about the food system, about the meat industry. And, um, you know, to me, it's all of a piece with this relationship with plants, where it goes wrong, where it goes right. Um, And the fact that we think of domestication as something we do to plants like corn or or um, or even, you know, peyote um, or or coffee. Um, But of course, they're doing something to us too. their evolutionary strategy is to gratify our desires, right? I mean, plants plants are brilliant, but they are limited in that they can't move around. So they have to use chemistry to get animals like us to do work for them, to move their seeds around the world, to create habitat. You know, corn got us to eliminate the forests so it would have more habitat. Um, And it did that by being very useful to us, um, to a fault. I mean, now we have way too much of it. So... Anyway, so I've been looking at that symbiosis, um, and I really, I mean, I wrote a book whose subtitle was A Plant's Eye View of the World. Uh, It's called The Botany of Desire, and I really see plants as operating on us. When you mow your lawn, you are doing, it seems like you're forcing the plants, you know, into your little system, uh, your neat little system. But in fact, what you're doing is eliminating the trees, uh, which are the plants' competitors for sunlight. (laughs) <laughs> and you are doing so you are you know you are their dupes you are doing exactly what they want you to do you must be familiar then with the writing of like uh, merlin sheldrake who talks oh, about oh yeah my yeah no network. merlin's great um i loved his book on uh, on fungus um yeah. entangled life it's a wonderful book yeah it's fantastic isn't it and and i suppose in in a way and perhaps this um takes us back to where we began that you know perhaps consciousness itself is a sort of a symbiotic relationship between us and many of the other entities with which we share the planet there must be you know like given that we can't demonstrate how it comes from matter like there still has to be some contemplation of ideas like panpsychism it's mm-hmm. very very difficult to uh yeah well panpsychism is getting a hearing um uh, right now that everything is conscious to some degree um and it's a weird idea it's hard for us to credit but that's our egotism right we see ourselves as being the only conscious subject and everything else is an object that we work on and that's probably a mistake i mean it's a mistake with regard to other animals and it's a mistake with regard to plants um i don't think plants are conscious the way we are, but they have their own interests. They have their agency, they have their subjectivity. And, um, uh, and we, we fail to see that, you know, at our peril. And it's one of the, one of the reasons we abuse nature to the extent we do is we, we just see it as 
objects that we can act on, you know, with no particular uh, compunction. Um, as soon as you see a subjectivity in these other species, you have moral obligations uh, to limit suffering. And, and um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think our, our view of nature needs to be um, deepened and psychedelics can definitely help do that. I mean, one of the things that psychedelics do is the, the world seems much more alive than it ever did before. I mean, I, I had one experience, which I talk about in uh, How to Change Your Mind, of, of walking through my garden um, when I've, I've taken a, a pretty healthy dose of uh, psilocybin and, and this sense that I was just one, one character among a great many others in this garden. I, I was in it to an extent I had never been before because most of us feel like, we have a relationship to nature. You know, that's a weird term for an animal to use. I mean, we're in it. We are it. But we don't feel that way. We feel we have one foot in, one foot out. And we are the only thinking subject. And in this particular moment, um, all the plants in my garden and the dragonflies and the bees had had their own subjecthood, um, their own personhood. And it was, they were returning my gaze. It was very powerful. And um that sense of connectedness of being one species among many. Now it sounds weird, but of course it's true. I mean, we are very connected and every species is doing its own thing for its own, you know, reasons. And um, we are in this entangled life as, as uh, Merlin put it. And, you know, his father too has very interesting theories of consciousness, Rupert Sheldrake, that it's a field um, that we tune in. Um, and, uh, I don't think we can discount those ideas until we've done a lot more work. No, I like that stuff, man. I love all that morphic resonance and that yeah. in addition to sort of genealogical information, there is some kind of transmorphic resonant field that beings are growing into. And I was thinking then when you were talking about plants and our relationship to plants is that we can appreciate the telos in botany, that there is a kind of a purpose to a seed. But the distinction between that and intention, I suppose, is yeah. a degree of agency and in this sort of in this detail the difference between telos and intention like being i suppose a, a elective agency the ability to make a kind of decision is that you know, that that's within that liminal space our subjugation of nature our separation from nature seems to have thrived that's perhaps the point of bifurcation and it's very yeah. beautiful to hear you describe that um, vivid and livid, libidinous garden. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's an important dis distinction. I don't think that plants have intentions in the in our sense of understanding, but they have goals and objectives, and um, uh, and and they have intelligence, um, and, which is to say, if you define intelligence as a problem-solving ability, um, they have remarkable intelligence. Um, they solve you know, their whole existential problem of being stuck in place, using neurochemistry to a large extent to solve it. But even, you know, when they face obstacles, um, plants remember, they have memory. I mean, there've been very interesting experiments that show that, that plants learn and remember things. Um, and where do they do it? We don't know. We don't know, you know, they're structured in a different way. Yet lots of things are preserved. You know, plants have serotonin too. What's that all about? Um, so anyway, I'm, I'm very interested in plant intelligence and uh, have written about it before. And it's um, there's there's you know, there's some really interesting research going on right now 
uh, testing some of these ideas um, and, and looking at uh, communication among plants. Um, the fact that plants can hear, you know, if you play the sound of chomping, of an insect chomping on leaves next to a plant, it will release chemicals to make it taste less good. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, so how do they hear? You know, they're picking up vibrations. Um, and there's some evidence to suggest they can see. I mean, they know when light certainly is limited. Um, we don't know how much detail there is. Um, there is so much we don't know about them. And we are so arrogant. I mean, look, they have been evolving longer than we have. It's just on another track. Hmm. You know, we've been on this track of consciousness and language and tool making. And that's, you know, so we prize all that stuff. Well, they're on another track. They've been on it longer than we have, and they've gotten really good at it. I mean, we can't match them in chemistry yet. If you're enjoying this conversation, join me over at Luminary on Apple Podcasts for the rest of our discussion and for all the latest episodes of Under the Skin.